Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat climb up to the number two spot in the East. The Panthers are the hottest team in the NHL. The first round of the NFL playoffs is done, and we preview UFC 270. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Jay, what it do, baby? We in the building, dog. And um, happy Monday, happy, happy Monday, well, happy Tuesday to our listeners. Straight up, um, what an amazing weekend, right? We've had there are a lot of good things happening in South Florida sports. Oh yeah, uh, we got entertained for football purposes, unlike most Sundays. <laughs> um, and we even got to see some golf action. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the. Uh, the cup that just happened in the Sony Hawaii. Open in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah I did actually. That was I. Um, you watched. I watched just the ending of it, and that really? was probably the best part to watch. Yeah, for sure, because it came down to two guys. Yeah, it ended up being Russell Henley versus Hideki Matsuyama in the end, and Henley had the lead. Yep, he had like a five-stroke lead going into the back nine on Sunday, and Matsuyama ended up just coming all the way back to tie it and force the playoff. But let me tell you, he was hitting some incredible, incredible shots, man, because he was really putting them on the money, putting himself in a position. In order to put pressure on the other golfer by making his birdies, of course, right? and that and that's the name of the game right there when you're playing in competition. You're talking about the current Masters champion, Bob. Yeah, man. Put some respect on his name. You gotta, know what I'm saying? Gotta. But no, the, to you know, to go a little bit more into that ending. So he ends up. Uh, Russell Henley goes into like a fairway bunker. This is a par five. That's 18, right? Number 18 mm-hmm. to par five. Goes into the fairway bunker. Hideki ends up hitting a driver into like the perfect spot and is able to get on in two for eagle. Henley ends up hitting a good, like, uh, layup out of the bunker and a good, like, third shot to, to give himself a birdie look. And he, bro, did you see that putt that he barely missed? It was rough. Oh, my goodness. It just basically just ran, like, sat around the rim and just stayed right there on the edge. Yeah. So he ends up tapping in for par. Matsuyama taps in for, for birdie to tie, and then they go into the, the same exact hole right. one more time. Henley goes right back in the same, the same bunker, bunker, dog. And I was like, this guy's done for. Yeah, for sure. This but, guy's done for. But it tells you two things, right? Number one, that he's extremely confident in his ability to play that course and that hole because obviously he had mapped it out to play it in a certain Matsuyama way. Matsuyama or Henley? Henley, right? And it just didn't work out for him, right? And then uh, for Matsuyama, it was easier for him to say, all right, if I play the same area where I did, I, I give myself another shot to hit this birdie and, again, make him get an eagle to win it. Now, if you, we both tie on the birdie, okay, that's right. the best that can happen. But that forces him to win it with an eagle, and well, that's the, really the cra- hard to The do. crazy thing was that Matsuyama then, he lays up. He doesn't hit the same driver. He hits like a three-wood, still hits it in a phenomenal spot. And his second shot, he hits this thing so, Smoked and he it. looks away, like blind, like, I don't know. It's going into the sun, so he looks back at his caddy, and he's like, ah, anybody see that? How Did you hear that? that? Wow. Yeah. We just had some, All right, cool. I don't know if you guys picked that up, <laughs> yeah. but we'll edit that out for you later. Um, he ends up looking back like, where the hell's my ball? And then all of a sudden, you just see on the TV, three feet from the hole. Goop, bloop. Sick. From like 260 yards out or something, Sick. bro. Like, so stupid, bro. But when you're on, you're on. Yeah. Three foot, three footer for Eagle. And then Henley just made a mess of it after that. I think he ended up bogeying the yeah. hole. Yeah. And it was an easy, you know, tap in for Matsuyama. I'm sure you heard so. the sounds and the roar of everybody when they went once they landed on that. You're right, on yeah, that yeah, green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, "I'm done." Yeah, because they went off, and it was cool too. Because like, and then everybody crowded the green and stuff. Some of the like the announcers are talking shit. Like they shouldn't be crowding the green. You know, there might be more more golf to be played, but whatever. Matsuyama ended up winning it in in some incredible fashion with that, you know. Uh, second shot from 250 plus out and sticking it to three three feet for the eagle and the win. So congrats yeah. to him, man. Beautiful freaking golf course. Oh too, my man. god, dude! Sheesh. Everything in Hawaii is awesome. Sheesh. I love this time of year because you get the Hawaii golf and it's prime time golf for us. So we in see the it at night, you know, six o'clock. Yeah, is usually the, the like the the leaders are are playing on Sunday or whatever, and then the views. Amazing dog, those views amazing. are amazing, amazing, bro. Amazing. That's a goal. Right? Yeah, go play out there. Go play around yeah. in, in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. That's like, a goal. Or a couple man. rounds, shit. Just bounce around playing shit. golf for like a month. That'll be That'd pretty be cool. amazing. Yeah, I'm almost there. Bucket list, I'm baby. I'm almost there. Bucket list. 
But yeah, dude, that was that was only just part of all the excitement that happened in sports this weekend. No, especially for us in South Florida, right in Miami specifically with our Miami Heat. Oh yeah, climbing up to the number two spot in the East, bro, with an amazing, an amazing winning streak. Uh, these guys have been hot really off the gate, and we've talked about them so many times how they're getting a lot of production from guys who we don't expect it from. But now we start to see us get a little bit more healthy. We saw the return of Jimmy Butler, right? Tonight we may witness the return of Bam Adebayo to the lineup. It, it looks like the Heat are starting to get healthy at a, at the right time, and they're they're winning games currently 27-16, and 16, like – I think this is going to be a team that really catches a lot of other teams by surprise to be like, damn, you know, we kind of slept on the heat as being a real championship type contender. Right. Because I feel like that's what we have right now, bro. Because not only was the win streak impressive, right? We had won those four games in a row. Um, and we beat some good teams. We beat Portland. We beat Phoenix, right? We beat Phoenix in that ass whooping. Um, and then we had two more games against Atlanta. And that's always tough when you play a team back to back, especially home and away. Um, but that, in this case, it was away and then home. Right, right. But that's what I mean. You know, like you're playing them back to back in a, in a situation where you, you either you're on the road. Right, or, or right, right, right. But we did have a day apart there. Right. We did have a back to back later in the week. Right. Right. We the back to back was between Atlanta and, and Philadelphia. Correct. And we ended up losing the Philadelphia game um, in, in close margin. Right. Because Embiid had a hell of a game that game. But when I look at the, the string of games that we've been able to put together, it's been real impressive, man, because it's, again, hard to win games consecutively in the NBA. But when you're beating the te like teams like Atlanta, teams like Phoenix, um, those are quality opponents. And we know that the Heat aren't fully healthy at the time that they were facing those opponents. And to come away with victories and build momentum from from that without having your main guys, that just shows you the the – the depth or the quality of the depth that is on his team, you know? Right. We look at Tyler Hero, the guy is still averaging 20.6 game uh, points per game, uh, shooting 42.8% from the field goal. Uh, that Those are numbers that when we got Hero and we saw his potential, we were like, yeah, he needs to be averaging 20 points per game for us in order for us to win. We talked about that in the preseason, right? And it's like, damn, this kid is doing it, and look where it has the heat. Number two in the East. Now we get Bam back closer to the rotation, and we had talked about that, like the impact that he's gonna have on the on the Heat once he's able to come back and start to contribute. But we find these guys like Yurtz, we find these guys like Deadman, and these guys come through and produce, which softened the blow. And now we see how much we've improved with just having quality guys on the bench. You know, um, Yurtz. I, what else can I say about this game? This guy is averaging a double-double every time he plays, pretty much. Um, we know that he's offensively gifted, right? He can shoot the three. He can shoot jumpers. He, he can finish dunks. He's very athletic for a big man. And he just looks like the perfect complement type of player that, that he can use and need it, right? Because when we looked at the flaw last year, it was like, what, what don't we have? We don't have enough quality big men. And that was one of the main things that I would harp on. And boom, now we have quality in that department where we're not just relying on Bam to go out there and play 40 minutes against a big man, you know, and, and really get his ass kicked. Or P.J. Tucker to body up these big-ass centers. On, all night long. Yeah, banging down low. You know, that shit takes a toll on Of course them. not, man. And yeah, now we have yeah. guys. And now we have guys that we can throw in there and say, hey, not only can we throw you in there, we can depend on you, and we know we're going to get extra production out of you. And again, it, you know, it's not like the road gets any easier. We're playing some tough Tough opponents. We start tonight with playing as, Toronto. As we're recording this, so that's why we won't be touching on Correct. last night's heat game. Is because it's it's it hasn't happened just yet. Yeah. So, but you know, we'll get you an update on uh, on Instagram. Make sure you follow that on social. Absolutely. Um, you know, but so, but talking, you know, obviously, you know, the, the big um, the big thing with what we're talking about here is the, the fact that we've moved up, right? We moved up into the second yeah. seed. We're the second seed to the number one seed right now, currently, which is the, the Chicago Bulls. Bulls, whom we have beat. Right, and their last ten last ten games five and five, mm. and our last ten games were seven and three. Mm. All right, so we're trending we're, we're trending a little bit better than them. I don't know what's going on exactly with the Bulls as far as injuries or, or what their their schedule has been like, but you know that's two games better, and we beat them outright. 
that one and two is like one A, one B. If you had to ask me, uh, I mean, I would put us above the Bulls. You know what I mean? I I can see that, right? And we're and there's half a, a game behind, and there's a legit argument for that because, like you said, when we did face them, we did end up beating them, and they've had a rough patch, right? Um, for us, what I what I'd like to see is that there are teams that are quote unquote better than us still kind of behind us, which is Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Right. right? We're not too concerned with the Bulls because eventually we know that the Brooklyn is going to get there to some degree. Um, even Philadelphia that we played, they're they're not exactly where they should be in the rankings they're right the, now. Right? They're the sixth seed right now. Yeah, Speaking they, of the rankings, there's a, there's a team hanging in there in the fourth seed right now that I, I just looked at it for the first time. I did not <laughs> know that they were anywhere near there. You know who that fourth seed is? Oh, yeah. You're, looking at, you're yeah. looking at my phone. No, but I, I knew who it was. But Dog, the yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers are the yeah. fourth seed and currently you know what's funny? in the East. Oh, yeah, you know what's funnier? Uh, so quick little side note. Um... Rajon Rondo recently got traded to Cleveland. Correct. Right? I don't yeah. know if you know this. Yes, yes. But he phys- like requested to go there specifically because he was like, I believe in that project that they have, and I think that I can help them get deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah that's right. pretty interesting. Don't they have Ricky Rubio? Isn't he on that Correct. team? But he Correct. also got hurt this year. He's yes. out for the year or something yeah, like that, yeah, which is also part of the reason why Rondo got traded over there. Mm-hmm. But look, Kevin Love has been playing amazing for that team. He still know? plays for that team? Yeah, bro. Wow. He's there, and he's a big part of that team. You know? Do they have Colin Sexton, too? Correct. They still have that kid? Yeah. Good uh, team. You know, uh, they got players, team. but bro, the four seed, you know, that right now you're talking about that they're ahead of, you know, the Knicks. Uh, they're, they're ahead, ahead of, of Atlanta. The Sixers, they're ahead of the Bucks. They're ahead of the Hornets. Yeah, dude. They're ahead of the Celtics, but, ahead of the Knicks. Mm, keep naming those Hawks. teams, bro. Dude, look at that. Hawks, Knicks, Celtics, all teams that I thought would have been easily in, you know, I mean, there's still plenty of season left, but the, the Celtics, Knicks, and Hawks are sitting at 10, 11, and 12 right now. Doesn't that make what the Heat are doing even more impressive? Absolutely. Right, because when you look at the talent-wise, right, it's like, yeah, we have Jimmy, we have Bam, and we have Kyle Lowry. That's a huge, that's a real good big three for any team, right? Right. But then you look at the rest of the squad. We had a Hero, we had a Duncan. Now we got Yurtz. Now we got Caleb Martin, right, who dropped the double double the other day. And I, Gabe Vincent Gabe will come Vincent, out and do his thing. Like Max uh, Strews. We just signed Kyle Guy to the two-way. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, And in one of those games against Atlanta, we had seven guys with double-figure points. And two of those guys had double-figure rebounds, which was Caleb Martin and, and Big Yurtz. Money. That's team success. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, we're pointing to one guy and this guy's carrying us. You know what I mean? We have a, a really good team right now. There's a real hardcore nucleus. And that is that heat culture. You know, straight up. People talk about it, like, outside Miami. Like, oh, that shit's whack. You know, whatever. That shit doesn't really exist. Haters. Uh, They're haters. Because heat culture is real. Because when you look at the constant, it's the GM, it's the coach, it's the style of play, right? It's Udonis Haslam, who (laughs) is never going to leave this team. And it's just a consistency in how we approach this game of basketball with the values that this team carries. And you yep. can see that Spo puts it in into every single type of team that he gets his hands on. This team is dangerous, man, because we got defenders. We got people who can hit threes. We got guys who can we can throw at you for defensive purposes and get good matchups there and still get a little bit of offensive production from them, right? I'm, I'm curious to see, like, what's the ceiling? Because now we got Bam coming back. Even if he doesn't play, right, on Monday night, him coming back at some point this week before the All-Star break, like you wanted to see, that's going to be clutch to see how he fits into the squad and, and how just the team improves where a guy like Yurtz, a guy like Deadman has to hit the bench, right, and lose a little bit of minutes. But now we're just even deeper in that where it's like, hey, you know what, we've got a good matchup. Bring in yours and we'll play them next to Bam. Yeah, right. And that's what I was exactly Ooh. what I was gonna say is we maybe we don't have to sacrifice it, but now Spolstra can really, really get, you know, it's like when he only had seven, eight players to play, it's like this is all I got. I gotta manage their minutes to make sure they can play the whole game and they don't foul out. Now having a full roster back, you know, quote unquote full roster. I know there's still issues with other players and stuff. You know, and COVID right now, you can be good today and then, you know, out for ten days tomorrow, Correct. whatever the case may be. But having these you know, two guys back, Bam and Jimmy, it, it allows him now to like, all right, 
our ideal playoff setting, now I can play with all these different lineups. Oof. You know what I mean? Let's throw out the two big, big men out there. You know what? Let's put them on the floor with Jimmy and, and let's go with, with Kyle Lowry. Or you know what? Let's pull Lowry out. Let's throw Hero in there and let's see how Hero flows with these guys right now. And then you know, like he gets to really just play with, with all the possible lineups to see what works better and then all against all the possible opponents. You know where we lack. When we go play Philadelphia, we always talk about this. Yep. We lag with the big men. Well, we didn't have Bam the other day. We had Yurtz against right. in that last that we had against uh, Philadelphia. But I'd be curious to see what happens if we do have Bam in that game plus Yurtz, both of those big guys, to try to help double team and, and overpower and beat. And, and I, I, honestly, I didn't watch that game. I don't know what. I, I watched it. And I don't know what he did by himself. But I know time and time again, that's always our Achilles heel with that team in particular. Listen, he hung in there, right, with an all-star probably one of the nastiest centers to have ever played this game, right, in Embiid, because you got to put respect on that yeah. guy's name, right? Yep. Um, especially us as Heat fans who have seen it being done to us over and over again. I, I, bro, he's one guy. You got to respect that, that, that guy, can right? consistently dominate us. All right. Because so even Giannis, even Giannis even is, Giannis. is a, an amazing player, but we have the we BAM. Have, we, we have, have the shut BAM. him down. Because we have BAM. Or controlled him. No, no, no. BAM has shut him down. Right. Plenty of times. You know, you know what, what I mean? But Joel Embiid is just a whole different we, story. I can't say, like, yeah, we dominate nah, that guy. No, nah, we can't. Ever since we had Whiteside, he used to dominate Whiteside. For sure. Ever since he's came in the league, he's done it to a lot of NBA teams, yeah. right? It's yeah. not just us. It's like right. the rest of the NBA gets his wrath, too. And for, for Embiid, that night, he really carried them. He had 32 points, okay. 12 boards. He balled. So my inference was correct. No, no, he you know, balled. Like he balled. You know what I'm saying? He balled. He balled. But Yurts hung in there, 22 and 11. And had those 22 points mostly with a guy like Embiid trying to guard him. Right. A guy like Tobias Harris trying to guard him. And he was able to find those matchups, a lot of cuts to the rim where he plays that pick and roll or that pick and screen to the, to the, you know, to the basket. Yurt finds himself in a lot of positions to do damage when he's on offense. It's not just some big guy setting screens left and right. You know what I mean? He's really a part of the offense because that's where his strength is. He's getting better defensively, and you can tell that in that matchup, he still has a long way to go to get to that high-level quality of defense that you can expect from a center, like a Djokovic or something that's like that. That's fire. That's great to hear. But at least you see the potential, player. right? Because he hung in there right. with a guy like Embiid. And maybe Embiid is not 110% at this point, and that's okay, but he still hung in there with him. I mean, him. he's dropping 30, bro. Yeah, you know, look, he, he lost good. 109 to 98. It's a, it was a tough loss, but a tough opponent. And when you're on a winning streak, eventually you're going to lose one here and there. And if that's the game that we lose, or a game where Embiid goes off, Tobias Harris goes off and has freaking 22 points as well. Context. Hey. We got to talk context. You got to put that into perspective and second. say, all right, that's an okay loss on the, on the back-to-back. It's Exactly. It's the second game on the back-to-back, and it's the second game f- back from a road trip, a long road trip where we're out on the West Coast. So we are in this West Coast road trip, go to Atlanta, play a game there, come home two days later, Play Atlanta at home, and the very next day we have to play this tough Philadelphia team. Yeah, yeah, and so. the road and the the road right now is gonna not get any easier for the Heat, right? And we're gonna expect these guys to win these next couple of games coming up. Starts tonight, like I said, against Toronto. Uh, Wednesday we play Portland at home on the road on Friday against Atlanta, and then Sunday we got the big matchup at home against LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Which somehow, bro, no matter how bad they do, Sports Center get, covers them more than they do the Heat. <laughs> I mean, that's hey, why I don't watch ESPN anymore, the bro. Story, bro. Like, but that's yeah, okay. No matter what, they're going to talk about the Cowboys. They're going to talk about the Lakers. They're going to talk headlines. about the Yankees. That Miami like, hate on, is dude. real. They can take the headlines. All we're going to do is keep climbing to the top, like you said. Went from being in the fifth, sixth seed and eating crap in the beginning of the season. And now it's like, look at us now. Um, Kevin Durant may be out for some time for Brooklyn. I don't see how Milwaukee is going to make up games that they've already lost to us. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They're in a real promising position right now. We're getting Bam back, it's going to be interesting to see how we win. Oh, yeah. That Lakers game is going to tell us a lot, though, because if we can go out there and whoop on them, right, on that team with the LeBron James at home, mm, it's going to be electrifying. It'll, it'll, it'll really spark the rest of the season for us, I feel like. I don't know, dog. I don't want to put that much weight on that game. Just Bro, it's, 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 it's because it's LeBron in Miami. 
We're not playing in LA. It's in Miami. Yeah, but dog. this 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 Laker team is not impressive, man. I understand, year, dog. They're, they're, Even they're more just... of a reason to go out there and beat LeBron. Yeah, like, but I'm saying it won't tell me. Like if we go out there and whoop them, it's like I expect that. Like it's not gonna tell me. I get you. Much more. Like I want to see us go out there and play Golden State with Clay back now, and us, you know, have hey. a dominant performance against them. We gotta Shut work our down. way up. We gotta that's, work our way. Up. That's more telling to me. But anyways, <laughs> we gotta work our way up. Um, we'll get there. We'll a get team there. that doesn't have to work their way up is uh, the Panthers. Right now, they're the hottest team in the NHL, bro. You got to give it to him. You got to give it to him, dog. We got the soundboard for a reason. Number one in the Atlantic Division, six and one in the month of January. Uh, They've won, what, three straight games? Is that three more? I'm sorry, four straight games, three more in a row at home recently. Is the six and one after the um, like you know, since January first? Well, well, oh we yeah, had, no, that, no, no, no. When did they have that it, little break, that COVID break? Wasn't it, it before was like, January first? No, no. It was before January. They had two games that they had won, so technically they're eight and one. Right. In, so in like, okay. In so their last six nine and games, one yeah. since they came back from that little break. No, eight and one since they came back from that break. From that break, they're uh, six and one to start the new year. Oh yeah. Right. So oh, since yeah. January first, they're six and one. Fire. And they just won three straight games at home. And not only did they win three straight games at home, it's how they're winning games, man. Like normally you watch hockey, right? And I had my boy Joe. Shout out to my boy Joe. He texted me like, "Yo." How the hell is there so much scoring in hockey? And I'm like, first of all, not every team scores that nope. much <laughs> in hockey. And number two, um, they changed some of the rules to kind of benefit how the game flows a lot easier for people to get more opportunities, more shots on goal and stuff like that, right? That's what people want to see, shots on goals and goals. Yeah, it's like offense in any sport. You know, like baseball gets that bad rap because there isn't enough offense. And in football, they wanted more offense. And, you know, that's why people love basketball or are seeing that because it's just constant action. Absolutely. But what the Panthers deliver for any, like, you know, let's say new fan or fan that's trying to really get into the game of hockey again, what the, what the Panthers are offering is a high level of shots and a high level of shots on goal because that's one of their strongest fortes when it comes to their offensive like onslaught, right? It's how many shots they're able to put up on the opponent's goal and the success that they're finding within that. Um, yeah, you can say, well, yeah, if you shoot 100 times, you're bound to make – yeah, but in hockey, you're not getting those – 100 clear opportunities, right? They're small windows and small pockets that you're truly trying to find a way to finesse the the rest of the defense and finesse the movement in order to get to that pocket and score. It's not easy in hockey, man, to put up five goals. And that's what we did against Vancouver Canucks. We put up five goals, 5-2. We end up beating them. Uh, Big Bobrovsky, he made a bunch of saves. He had, I think, 30. Yeah, he had 32 saves in that game. So, so that game we won five to two. Five two. So, is this appropriate to say? Is this the right way of saying this? The the goal differential was two goals, meaning we three scored, goals. Well, we scored, yeah, three goals. So there was a goal differential of three. Yeah. All right. That's that sounds cool and all, but the next two games the differential just goes up. But ju- but notice the increase, right? <laughs> Let's just notice <laughs> the, the increase, right? That's that game, and then the next game oh, we beat, man. we played Dallas, and if you remember, Dallas beat us in Dallas in yep. that shootout, and they were playing really tough hockey. Um, so I knew that there, that revenge game down here in that game was six five. Sunrise was going to happen in that shootout. Correct, they beat us six five. Right? They go out there. And put up seven goals on Dallas and only give up one goal. Which is a six-goal differential. Now, Sam Bennett had a hat trick, right? That's three goals in the game. <sighs> that's a bad Sick. boy. That's a bad boy. Duclair scored. Huberdo scored. Oh, that's not a shocker, dude. Verhage scored. Forsling scored. A defenseman. It's like they're getting goals from everybody. Everybody is scoring. It's like if I'm not going to get the goal, I'm going to damn make sure to get the assist or at least the second assist. Right. Because that's how quickly they're moving the ball. Something that I alluded to earlier, right? How they're able to put up so many shots because they're moving quickly. A lot of the Panthers' offense Not a lot of stands still with them. Nah, man. And and their defense really is the one that starts. Pushes it. Right, and pushes the pace because they got guys who can score from back there and can really push the pace and get back and forth. It's crazy to see these guys in movement. And in that game specifically against Dallas, like Dallas had no answers for what we were trying to do. It didn't matter what it was. We were up, I think, uh, no, 
we were up two zip in the first and then we ended up going three zip and it was four zip and then by the time i saw it in the in the third quarter i was like let me just check how the ass kicking is going it was already six one and i was like well good night dallas <laughs> i hope you guys put enjoyed them, your you flight bed early i hope you guys enjoyed your flight you know the hotel food is not that bad but <laughs> eat it anyways you know what i mean and then I'm thinking, okay, cool. Let's see how these Panthers can up this performance, right? How do you go from scoring five goals to seven goals? Oh, that's right. You add two more goals. Yeah. And then they end up kicking the crap out of Columbus, nine to two, bro. Which is a seven goal differential. Sheesh. So they just went from three to six. That's to a football. Seven, three that's games a football game. Row. That's a football game. That's wild, bro. That's a touchdown and an extra point right there. Yo. <laughs> This team That's is wild. is really nine clicking. points. Who didn't score? I mean, I would ask you who scored, but who didn't score that night? The coach, the coach, and the goalie were the only two people who didn't score. And the goalie had a good look at. Yeah, and he had a good look. He had a good look. It was an empty netter. He said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go for it." Oh shit. Oh man, but but yeah, you know that's another game where everybody scores. Bennett scored. Duclair, Huber, though. Let me know if you heard those names before. Lomberg scored. Uh, Linnell had two goals. Verhage, let me know if you heard that name before. Right. Two goals that night. Even Uyghur, another defenseman, scoring from the back. Like, this team is loaded. I just named seven different you know guys that, there. why the defenseman, like, whenever those goals happen, you know, the big reason for it is because we have so many, you know, night in and night out goal scorers in, in Hudo and in, in Bennett and in, uh, Duclair, Sheesh. right? That the defense is so like, oh, shit, which one of these guys is going to end up with it? And then to your point, just the puck movement opens up lanes for everybody. And everybody there can make a shot. Yep. So then, then it gets to those point where, like, all right, now, you know, these guys have scored a couple early on already, and then they're, they're, they're overplaying them. And then, like you just said, it just opens up somebody a lane from the back and is able to just slap one in there. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's awesome what they're doing right now, man. It's a great time to be a Panthers fan. And let me point something out. And those and I say those scores, but within those scores, we're not talking enough about the defense, right? Because the defense is right. really playing a huge part in keeping those scores Correct. like that. And Big Bob, he's killing it. In that game against uh, Columbus, he had t- made 28 out of 30 saves. Faced 30 shots, only gave up two goals. It's really tough in yeah. a nine to in a nine to two game right. where, you, where you feel that that movement is it's happening on both back, sides, back right? At you as, as much as it's going away, absolutely on both sides. In the game before that, made twenty nine saves. Like <sighs> again, it's a high level of goalie play. It's a high level of defense. It's a high level of offense, all wound up together to make a really dangerous and potent team in the NHL. These guys are killing it, man. 57 points on the season so far, uh, 26 wins, seven losses, five overtime ties. Like Amazing. I don't know what else do you want from these guys, you know? Uh, these guys are really been impressive. Um, the rest of the NHL world is really taking notice because it's hard to not notice a team being so dominant like the Panthers have been at home. Now, they have a huge road trip that they have ahead of them. That's um, what I'm looking at right now, five... Five straight road games? Five straight road games, man. The good thing about those road games is that they're not against the greatest of opponents, right? We're playing in so Calgary. Start, pl- starts tonight against the Flames. Right. We're playing in Calgary. Then we're playing in Edmonton. We're playing in Vancouver. We're playing in Seattle. And we're finishing the road trip in Winnipeg. Now, out of those five teams that I mentioned, three of them have losing streaks. Right. One, two of the, the rest of them have a one-game winning streak where they just broke a losing streak. What does that lead me to believe? If the Panthers go in there with the right mentality and say, hey, if we go in there and give a, and really go all out every single game and try to win every single one and get those five to come back home, man, you're creating a lot of space between yourself and, the, and whoever's in second place in the, in the Atlantic Division. Which is the lightning right now. You know, and it, it just helps solidify our positioning in the race for home court ice. You know, I feel like that game, that season, uh, that series against Tampa – we started off over there. We didn't have home ice. Like, there was a lot of things happening. I'd rather be undefeated at home and, and really, like, dominate at home and have home ice throughout the entire playoffs. And I feel like that's a big-time goal for the Panthers. And they can do it, They man. can achieve it. They're in that form right now. And, and so what it comes down to, bro, just like any other sport, how healthy can we stay? Yeah, And that's straight the big up. thing, man. Like, right now we're in a great position because everybody's healthy or coming back yeah, you know, close to being full, fully healthy. Yep, and it's it's an important time, but there's still a lot of hockey left, bro. Yeah, you know, the playoffs aren't until like May, uh, April, May. So we still got 
you know, a good three Got months. the All-Star break coming up, you know, and the Panthers only had one All-Star, which was kind of whack, you know. But um, let's why, see. Why are we talking about that more? Because why do we only have one All-Star? <laughs> because who's, who's picking this? Is it like the NBA where the fans pick <laughs> nah, this? Nah, man, listen, it's, a, it's weird how they do it because it's a three-on-three ice format, and they make sure that every single team has a rep in there, so there's only, like, 27, like, players in total or something like that in order to keep the three-on-three type tournament. Um, but the then they have shit I've ever yeah, heard Yeah, it's pretty life. whack. It's pretty whack. But at least they have, like, spots for reserves and stuff like that. So maybe we get... So who's our lone all-star? Uh, I think the all-star is Huberto. And the backup is... I'm not sure who the backup is. I'll try, I'm going to look at it up right now. Check it but out. We got snubbed then, man. Yeah, it's kind of whack. Because if you think about it, the Panthers would have probably had four all-stars, right? Oh, wait. is this That was last year, I think. Or is this this year? It says uh, 2021... Um, the Panthers are hosting. So either the Panthers hosted the All Star no, game last year, it's not, it's or they're hosting it this year. No, uh, BB&T Center will be home to the All Star festivities for the first time since 2003. No, that was that had to happen yeah, man, last you're year. You're way off. That bro. was last year. <laughs> Damn, we missed that, bro. We never even went to that. That sucks. It's all, right, all right, but going back, I'm looking for it now. But anyways, we got snubbed. Regardless, we got snubbed, and it is what it is. That's how the hockey. You know, brass decides to have their all star game. Again, it has some type of pop, you know, some type of, I don't know, like energy with the with the hockey fans because they do like the three the three on three. You know, it moves very quickly. It's a lot of goals, a lot of fun. Um, you hear the players talking smack to each other, so it's pretty cool. It's uh, it was Huberto is the yeah. lone all star, and it's his second appearance. Yeah. He's a beast, man. And he's one no, of our right, most consistent. So. Rightfully so. One of our most consistent players, you know. Ekblad, Duclair. Um, like you said, those guys were injured. And, and when they are hurt, you can see the the damage that it causes the rest of the team, right? right. Uh, Benny, Barkov. Uh, Barkov, if, if those guys go down, like, you know where we're going to be, you know, short on talent in, in those areas. And it's yeah. going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, he would have Johnny's been the most consistent. Oh, when we're healthy, Papo, get out of the way. <laughs> Get out of the way because you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to take the onslaught, bro. And and the offense is just again the the pretty stats, but it really starts in in the defense. And whenever you watch a Panthers game, you'll see that. Three words to describe Miami right now: fire and ice. Fire and ice, baby. I like it. You know, you know what I'm game saying? Of thronesy. I you know like what I'm it. A little game of thronesy. Yeah. We gotta I like make it. it like a Miami Heat, Florida Panthers. Yeah, dog. We gotta do a promo for both of them because right now, bro, they're they're keeping us alive because yeah, Lord knows up. the Dolphins ain't doing it. We nope. saw plenty of football this weekend, and it wasn't with the Dolphins, so nope. I mean, know we didn't suffer. But it was playoff football, so it's hard to see the Dolphins in it. Oh, that's a good point. What was that stat? Yeah, we should still have the rim shot. <laughs> you, know I mean? you just brought up a stat right before we started recording about percentages. And oh yeah, there was some teams that were you know towards the bottom that you know obviously you're like yeah uh, yeah that's that makes sense. I haven't seen them win you know in a long time. Well, but obviously the Dolphins name came up in that. And as a fan, as a fan, I you know I sucks. consider myself a diehard fan. Right? Man, yeah. I love my team, even mm. though they let us down year in and year out. Mm. I, I buy into the hype every year. Every I buy year. into the program every year because I mm. bleed. Aqua and orange, mm. and uh, to see those stats, man, it's just like a dagger straight that to the hurt. heart. Yeah, every time it's like fuck. You see it too. You don't. It's not from the back. You're not getting backstabbed. You see it slowly coming in from the front. Correct. And you just get stabbed right in like the most painful part of your heart, dude. So I mean, talk to me about that stat. Uh, it's a rough stat. It's not something that as a Dolphins fan, um, you definitely want to hear or be a part of. But right. when you talk about the lowest playoff winning percentages. Right over the last uh, twenty five years, twenty five years. Yeah, that's almost as long as I've been. Twenty five years, okay. That's how much I've cared about okay, Dolphins football. Twenty five <laughs> years. You got the Detroit Lions right at the bottom of the list with point zero zero zero. So they have zero playoff. Yeah, wins. they have no playoff wins in the last twenty five years. The last twenty five years, okay. Then we have the Bengals who are. Point one two five. They just won their first playoff. Bingo, bango. This past weekend. Yes. Shout out Joe Burrow and Jamar We'll talk Chase. about that real quick. Yep. And then we have the Dallas Cowboys, who lost this weekend to the 49ers. They're at point two thirty one, right? 231. All right. That's good for third on the list. Well, and those are from the 90s, those wins. <laughs> Early, right? And then after that, you got the Washington football team. They're at point two forty. That makes sense. Right? And then to round off the bottom of five. Right, just to round it off, because the dolphin is a kind of like round creature. You have the Miami Dolphins at point three hundred. 
Hey, bro, that's Hall of Fame in baseball. I guess. 300 batting average. But this is in baseball, though. No, it's not, dude. This that is, is football. That is pitiful. That's hey. my God awful, bro. And now we hear a lot of rumors. We're looking at this defensive head coach and this defensive coordinator and this offensive coordinator. And the one from yeah, the 49ers nothing, nothing. and the one from the... Oh, we're looking at Brian Dable, and it's yeah, nothing is set though, man. It's nothing a lot is of talk. set, but and what's not, exciting? And I'm, and I'm not even. I'm what's not even exciting? Like, nothing. Nothing is exciting. Nothing. But I'm nothing. saying, I got nothing is, is nothing. calling my attention right now. But I do know that uh, we need a we need somebody that's that's going to work with Tua and that system of players that we have, and go okay, we can we have things to work with here, and let's go ahead and build off of it. And we, I don't think we need somebody that's going to go. Hey, we need to revamp everything in this offseason. Well, whoever comes in is going to have to eat it. Because no matter what, whether they saw that tool was the answer or not, the owner came out the other day, Stephen Ross, and said, hey, whatever coach we hire, he's going to have to be comfortable with Tua being our guy. Right. Because Tua's our guy. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if it's like him just putting that pretty picture up, right, or that poster up to say, hey, don't look behind the poster at what we're constructing and probably have a move in the back or something like that. Right. Who knows? But what I do know is that one of the best coaching candidates that are out there being interviewed is Rx, Flores. Right. And he's getting interviews left and right. And meanwhile, we're looking at an offensive coordinator here, a young offensive coordinator, which, okay, that's cool. I like that the train of thought. But does that excite the fan base? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what name have you heard that you're like, yo, this is the guy I want? Um, I haven't. I haven't heard a name. You know, I've heard names, obviously, of, of guys that are potential, you know, people we're going to interview. But there's a, a lot of uh, no names that have been going around. Not no names, no disrespect to anybody. You know, obviously, for being thrown into consideration for an OC job in the NFL or, or a head coach, you know, you've done something to deserve that. But if, when I say no name, I mean, like, I... I want a proven, you know, uh, coach, somebody that, you know, hey, didn't work out here with this organization, whoever the case may be, but they're proven, you know, in the past, especially with, you know, working with this particular style of offense that we're looking to do with this, with this RPO and all right, let's bring them in versus let's give somebody else another first timer a try like for yeah. all because we did that already and I thought it worked out, but it didn't get along, and now we're starting all over again. So are we just gonna are we gonna be, be in the same cycle in two three years again, like just looking for another surprised. coach? And at that point, are we rebuilding? I don't know. A lot of questions to ask, but that's not important. Dolphin season's over. It's a wrap. I don't want to talk about this anymore. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, right? We'll find out. And the moment we find out who the coach is, we're obviously gonna let you guys know, you know, and we're gonna talk about it, obviously. Um, but to more exciting things, we saw some really good football and some really fat, bad football happen this weekend, bro. A lot of lopsided victories. Yeah, this man. first round of the playoffs. Yeah, man. And and some of the matchups made sense, right? I guess we could start with the NFC. Uh, well, let's start off Saturday. Saturday was the first game, right? Yeah. Which was, I know the Bills uh, was the late game. The early game was the Bengals and the Raiders, right? Correct. And the Bengals... Kind of ran away with that one. Pulled out the victory. Well, oh, no, it got exciting towards the it, end. It got a little Raiders. exciting towards the end, right? Uh, but Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals were able to pull out the victory 26-19 against uh, Carr. And, you know, for Carr, he threw a pick at the end at the last play trying to make something happen. Uh, mismanagement of some time. But in my opinion, that guy deserves some MVP votes this year. Um, not only for getting his team to the playoffs, but how he's handled every single thing that's happened to that franchise. So much adversity. So much adversity as a professional held people together, that locker room together um, by any and every single means. That guy is really a hero on and off the field. Right. And he, and he deserves some type of recognition by the NFL. You know? no, I, got, I got mad respect for Derek Mad Hart. respect for that guy, man. His brother, uh, David, not so much, but Derek, Derek gets that <laughs> stand respect. Stand-up guy, dude. And, you know, eventually, eventually they didn't have enough to, to overcome the Bengals. Bengals' defense is really good. Um, Joe Burrow, again, impressive in his uh, playoff win. Uh, got the Bengals' first playoff win in God knows how long it's been. I think it was five like, years, like we just talked about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably even longer than that if, if we're looking. Maybe. Right? If we're looking into the 80s and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe even before that. Or early 90s. And, it, and it's just not easy to win in the NFL. And... Lo and behold, Cincinnati did it, and then the second matchup of the of that game, our uh, two 
right? Two conference, two rivals, two rivals, the AFC East rivals, Buffalo Bills versus in Buffalo. In Buffalo, minus six, windshield was crazy. That shit is nuts, but that's also like a bucket list thing. I, li- I would like up. to do that. Maybe not Buffalo. Maybe in the Buffalo. Suite? You know, maybe, maybe, in the maybe suite? Buffalo because it's probably more plausible or possible. But can we no, be no, in the no, suite? No, no, no. I'm down to do it like snowing on nah, me. I'm, I'm in sure. the stands. Like, yeah, yeah. That's bucket list shit. Uh, I can't really grow a beard Lam- like that, though. Lambo. Lambo is the place to do I'll that. I'll do that. I would love to do like Lambo the in the tundra. Snow, but anyways, the that, that game was super lopsided, brother. I mean, and we talked, what was it, 47 first of all, 17? First of all, win for the Bills. What was yeah, the final number? Final score was 47 to 14. 47 14. Number one, shout out to Vic, right? Because he's a Buffalo Bills fan. Shout out to him. I know he was nervous about the game, but they went out there and kicked the crap out of the Patriots. Yep. You know, it was really bad. Um, and for a lot of people who had Mac Jones really high head and shoulders above Tua, Kind of got a reminder of, like, why it's not head and shoulders above, like, who's better than who. Right. Right? It's still a lot to be seen. Both can Even win. Even with Bill Belichick. Right. Both can win you games. Both are promising young quarterbacks, have a lot to prove, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not that different from each other. And Mac Jones had a rough game, you know? And, man, that Bill's defense is just nonstop, bro. It's unrelenting. And I, and I think that's one of the strengths that make them one of the favorites not only in the AFC, but in football in general, to to make the Super Bowl. Uh, tough team, bro. And, and Josh Allen, you know, played well. Um, they broke an NFL record, right? Seven drives, seven touchdowns, no punts, no field goals. Uh, they only took – the only two drives that didn't result in a touchdown were the, the two knees that they took. To the halftime, took a knee, and to end the game, took a knee. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? And when you're a good football team, the other type of things that you can do, right? You can put up really good drives after drive after drive. Um, I don't know if you can do it seven times in a row like they did, but um, it was impressive. It was and an impressive victory, bro. Dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And they were able to run the ball, bro. Singletary was killing it, man. He's such a badass running back, bro. Uh, nah, he's been he's been he's spotty. Been, he's he's has spotty, man. But, but he has taken more control of that backfield because right. they, they had Zach Moss too, and and. It's been kind of back and forth, but I think Singletary has has you know stood out as more of that that feature back for them. Right. And when he's on, he can do well, man. He can yeah. do well. They have a good O line, and then you got Josh Allen, who's a ridiculous dual threat. He can Sick. throw 300, 400 through the air, but don't leave that middle of the field open because he's gonna just run for it 20, 30 yards and run your guy over. Right. He's a big he's boy. He's not sliding. He's a big boy. He's not sliding. Yeah. But how about Julian Edelman losing hundred K this weekend because he had that Bucks Pats uh, Super Bowl prediction and obviously. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, I so. mean, I don't know what the hell you were thinking betting on the pass to make the Super Bowl. Maybe yeah. like an AFC second round, but sheesh, Super Bowl. Come yeah, on, when you got that much, when you got the bro, money to blow, no, you blow it. You got nothing to do with it. You, you know blow what I mean? it, right? Um, but then Sunday came around. We had three games on Sunday, and we're talking about Tom Brady and how impressive he and that Tampa Bay offense looked whenever they got a chance to really hurt the Eagles. Um, Eagles kind of threw up all over themselves. The right? Eagles like, are who we thought they were. They're a rough team, and I feel like they, they would have got their ass kicked whoever they would have faced in the playoffs. Um, this serves one of my buddies right because he was telling me that Jalen Hurts <laughs> is better than Tua. And That's I was, another I, guy. I told him, hell no. Another, That's another guy. Another guy. That everybody's looking at. And he told me that, and I was like, bro, you have no idea what you're talking about. And sure enough, look at this game. It was, yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything. Score was 31 to 15, right? And yeah, ten, but one of that, that second touchdown, those, that late touchdown, it, it was, was really black. 31 Both of those to touchdowns, seven. right? Both of those touchdowns were in like garbage touchdowns. Yeah. And Tampa Bay could have easily put up 40-something points. And, again, it's just impressive how they were able to control their offense, run, um, and credit to to Philadelphia's defense because they did get a lot of third stops on third downs against Tom Brady, and that's not easy. Right. Uh, but once Tom found the rhythm, it was a wrap, you know, and it was, it was just so much that you can hold up against Tom Brady before he finds a way to beat you, and that's exactly what he did. Once he got into the third quarter, he put up another two touchdowns, and it was a wrap. The game was over. Yep. And oh, um, man, that's goat shit there. He's gonna he's gonna dominate those teams, especially in that that one and done situation where yeah. it's you know, either win or go home. Yeah. He's not going home. He's Tom no. Brady. He's Tom Brady. He's going to the Super Bowl. Yep. And um second game after that. Was the game of the week in my opinion, bro. We had the San Francisco 49ers. Wasn't defeat. that the eight o'clock game? Nah. I believe the that eight was o'clock the eight o'clock game was, game, was the four Kansas o'clock City. was the Steelers. Oh, it was nah. Kansas City Steelers. Yeah. All right, yeah, that was the game of the week. That was the game and of the week. I don't know if I had said it on this show or I had spoke to you about it, but I had a prediction that what was the, prediction? the Niners were going to win that game. 
I mean, it was it, it wasn't hard to pick the Niners in that game, uh, right? Because I mean, there's a lot of Cowboys fans out, uh, out there, bro. <laughs> if you would have like, like just one, you know, random person, like, hey, who do you think is gonna win? Oh, I think the Cowboys. I'm yeah, like, but ah, I don't I think feel so. You. But it, look, if you're a 49ers fan or a Cowboys fan, I'm going into, go, I'm just saying, if you were go either one of those fans heading into that game, there's no way you felt confident. Like 110, percent we're gonna win this game. No, you had your doubts. You can point to things on both sides of your defense and offense that you really like, but then you can point to a bunch of things on your defense and offense that you really don't like. And that's where the 49ers and the, and the Cowboys find themselves. That's why it was the game of the week. They were very evenly matched. You know what I mean? It wasn't like both of those like were huge. Like you, that you know is the I better gave. is the better QB. Right. But the 49ers have a better running game, right? And and, and not well. I mean, the they have the better O line. They have one of the highest paid running backs. The Cowboys do in Ezekiel Elliott, and they have a phenomenal O line. Correct. I think what it came down to in this game when it was. You know, you're stacking them all up against each other, right? Looking at, all right, quarterback, running back, offense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. When you get down to the final one, which is the coaching one. Oh, yeah. I, I think Kyle Shanahan is a far superior a play caller and, and just a, a head coach than Mike McCarthy. Granted, yeah. Mike McCarthy has the Super Bowl under his belt with the – But that's Rodgers. With, with, with the, um, the Packers. But, yes, I, that, that team was just out of hand. That that's Rodgers. And it was tough to lose with that team. Yeah. And, and for me, it's – it's a hundred percent easy to point at Dak, right? Especially for that last play that that pointed to the game and said, "Yo, you did this wrong." Where the wrong, ref bumped him, it was like right? a discrepancy. There. A lot of things went wrong there, you know. But I feel like the coach and the offensive coordinator could have done a way better job, right, of game planning situations Managing. down that that stretch in order to say, "Listen, if you run into this, do this. If they happen to open the field, do this." Dak has to know better, and he's going to get the blame because he's the quarterback. Of course. He had the ball in his hand. You made the decision. That's on you, Doc. But McCarthy, like you said, is the inferior coach when it comes to those two coaches, and it was evident. You know, he didn't have his team prepared. He yeah. did not have his team prepared to win. Another, And, and they had lost, like, Parsons. Um, the 49ers lost Boa. Like, it was – it was like a Bosa, lot. Bosa, Bosa, Bosa. You know what I mean? Like, it was very easy, like, evenly matched. I felt like the game was evenly matched. Either one of those teams could have won it. Probably why it was so entertaining. But the Niners walked no, away with it. No, it's a classic, man. Game. When you think about yeah, bro. Niners and Cowboys, bro, like, all the battles from the 80s and 90s, I mean, those are two historic franchises right there. So, for sure. it was an exciting but exciting game, but it was another first-round exit for the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. So, Cowboys They're fans. They're used to it. They're nah, used nah, to nah, it. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, 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 <laughs> goodbye. All right, that's all we got to say about that. But then and we got to wave that, goodbye, too, to Big Ben and his And his career. And his Shout NFL out career, to him man. and his attorneys. Yeah, bro. Um, for, you know, <laughs> just thriving year after year for 20 years. Um, Making but, that money. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, they, that game was pitiful. I mean, uh, the one touchdown uh, it was I, just I saw a, from Pittsburgh was a defensive touchdown, which was, uh, you know. Was an like, impressive play. It was like a wildcat play that they tried to do, and then, like, the ball came out, and then somebody on Kansas City, like, Darren Windows, picked it up and got rocked immediately, fumbled it again. They hit it out. T.J. It was Watt a good, recovered yeah, it and beast. ran it back for a that touchdown. That kid's a beast. That kid's a beast. Without that, that was about it. That, oh, was, that was the only offense for the Steelers that game. And what's funny is that, like, I heard somebody say that Andy Reid's offenses usually start off slow and stuff like that, and that's exactly what happened in that game. Yeah. You know, like, they went tit for tat that whole first quarter. Yeah. And then once Pittsburgh they scored, scored their 21 points in the second quarter. Yeah, man. Once Pittsburgh got that defensive touchdown, it's like Patrick Mahomes and the offense woke up like, oh, we're, the game started. Oh, okay, the game started. Guys, the game started. Let's go. Boom, three straight touchdowns. And it was like, what the hell happened? The, the craziest one, though, of those three was the last one of the first half, which, like, they had, like, a minute and a half, two minutes left, and they ran yep. that two-minute drill to perfection. Yep. I mean. Like, if it was the last drive of the game and ended up scoring on them with, like, 10 seconds left in the first half, so Pittsburgh couldn't do nothing with nothing. it. And now they were up 21-7. And getting the ball back. Because Pittsburgh got the ball to start the game, so it was rough. Um, but, yeah, man, that's just the difference in class in the two teams, right? Like, we knew – Pittsburgh was going to lose, right? They didn't have, as a team, enough. Uh, it was cool that they made it in Big Ben's last year and that he got to ride off into the sunset making the playoffs one last right. time at home, and it was really dope to see that, right? But when, when you break down the game and the score, it was 42-21, to 21 and that game was over, like you said, at halftime because once the third quarter came about, Patrick Mahomes just marched right down the field, scored a touchdown, and... Everybody scored that evening for for Kansas City, and it's 
you know, it's it's what we expected. The the Titans of the NFL uh, hierarchy going out and showing out. We had Tampa Bay look super impressive. Uh, Kansas City looked impressive. Buffalo looked impressive. Um, Cincinnati looks like they can really cause a lot of teams trouble, right? And now um, we have another matchup tonight between the Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. And if you're hearing this, it already happened, so we don't know who, who We won, don't know who won, but we, we know a it's hell, a big-time that's that's, big matchup. That right there is probably the game of the week, so. Big-time matchup, man. Big-time matchup. I mean, matchup. Kyler Murray, you know, and that and they, I think they got J.J. Watt back on that defense, but – Cliff Kingsbury, what he's been able to do with that team, you know, even when Kyler's been hurt and 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 certain players have been out, not you know, James Conner's been dealing with injuries and they don't really have a great run game without him. Uh, and then you know you have the loaded Los Angeles Rams offensively, defensively. Loaded. Cooper Cup, you got Matthew Stafford, you, you got, got everybody, you got Jalen Ramsey, you got uh, uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, the list goes on and on. The the, the you know Sick the powerhouse team. that is the Los Angeles Rams. So. I'm, I'm sure they're the favorites right now, but that's going to be an exciting game. And you know what's, what sucks? Like, we are, like uh, all the matches are set, right? And whoever wins that game is going to have to go and face Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Like, mm. That's your prize. Congratulations. You won. Go play Tom Brady. You know? And um, the rest of the matchups for next weekend is going to be. I got them right here. You got them? Yeah. We got Cincinnati playing in Tennessee. That's on Saturday. Kick things off at 430. Right, we got the 49ers and the Packers renewing their rivalry, which is going to be dope. Another cool, old-school type of rivalry in the NFC. That's Saturday at 8.15 after that 4 o'clock game. And then, like we talked about, uh, the winner of Monday's game, the Rams or the Cardinals are going to face Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. And the last game of the of the playoff weekend is going to be the Buffalo Bills heading into Kansas City. Oof. Dude, it's getting, that's a matchup. It's getting crazy. But that's what I that's love a matchup. about football, though. Like, we go through all this all year, all, all season long. You know, for us, it's it's fantasy or, you know, just being miserable, keeping up with the Dolphins and everything we got going on. And then it's like, all right, our team's not out of it. You right. Know, fantasy's over with. Now this is we, what I'm going to get into. Now we can just be a football fan. Straight you know, up. And just enjoy these high-level teams going at it and, and, you know, may the best man win. Yeah, man. Let's do some quick fire picks. Yeah. Who are you taking, Cincinnati or Tennessee? Ooh. Quick fire. Uh, they're playing in Tennessee. Tennessee's the number one seed, but I hate Ryan Tannehill. I'm going with Cincinnati Bengals. Go Joe Burrow. Bah, 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 bah. All right. I'm going to take Tennessee. And in the next matchup, we got 49ers versus Packers. Who are you taking? Oh, I got to go with the discount. Double check the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Let's go, Pack. Sorry, Steve. We're going with the Packers. Pack, go, Pack, go. <laughs> And then whoever plays Tampa Bay, you t- picking Tampa Bay or are you taking Rams or Cardinals? Oh, that all depends. Tune in next week, folks. Uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay no matter what, bro. Uh, Straight to the Super Bowl, dog. Get out of here. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. It's, it's Tom Brady, dog. All right. Whoever, <laughs> I'm going to go heads up with you. Nah, I can't. I can't, I can't bet against Tom. It's, it's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Guy. Who do you think I you're can, fooling? I can't man. bet against Tom. Exactly, dog. All right. And go then Tom in the Brady. Bills, Bills visiting the Chiefs. Who are you taking? Ooh, wow. Is this the year? Is this the year that Josh Allen takes down Patrick Mahomes? Is this the year where the defense is going to make a name for itself and come through in a big time game? Is this the year is it? where Patrick Mahomes can't get it done? I want to go Buffalo, baby. I'm going Buffalo, too. Let's, Let's go, Let's go, Vic. Vic. Shout Let's out to go. Vic, dog. The, the AFC runs through Buffalo Let's right go, now, dog. Baby. I ain't even mad at y'all, we man. We ain't even mad, dog. I ain't even mad at you, player. Hey, we got it. We got it. We got it. Um, before we wrap up, bro, we got to talk about UFC 270. That's on deck, man. Okay. This weekend coming up, Saturday. I'm Big I'm heavyweight fight, bro. Saturday night, man. Big haven't looked, haven't looked into any, any of this except for that title weight. That, that, Ladies I'm and sorry, gentlemen, that, my uh, producer, Joel. That heavyweight. Well, that's why I got the talent. It sports with so-so, <laughs> not JoJo. You know what I'm saying? I just make sure you speak right. Thanks, speak man. Speak correctly. One of those two? One of those two. You speak words, mother. Yeah, that's um, me, man. But um, Nganu, man, versus... Francis Nganu, the heavy hitter versus Cyril Gane. Gane, man. Uh, interesting fight, right? Uh, two heavyweights with real knockout power, real logist- uh, legitimate um, MMA prowess, right? Both of these guys have been known to finish fights, can adapt to different fights. Uh, not so good on the ground, but they can... Definitely end fights and last within fights. They're sluggers. This They're is going to be over in the first round. And e- even more interesting, the fact that they were former tra- like training partners. Like I don't know how how you go into that mindset against somebody that you used to train with mm-hmm. because Do you know what they're capable of, and vice versa. They know what you're capable of, mm-hmm. right? Good point. And on ways. top of that, like 
the moves, you know, like things that you know that he's weak at, things that he knows that you're weak at. How do you go into training camp? Do you try to fix those things? Are you in a new training camp with a new trainer? So obviously they have different trainers now in different camps. It's just going to be such an interesting fight because, like you said, they're sluggers and both of these guys are going to look to, you know, assert their dominance in that ring and somebody's going to get knocked the F out, man, like Smokey said. That's the best thing about the heavyweights, dog. Every time, you just know it's it's not going to go to five rounds. So if you're, you're betting, you know, if you're in a state that can gamble because Florida took it away from us. Bastards. <laughs> oh, God, hopefully it comes back. Um, but anyways, if um, – if you're in a state that can gamble, I would pro- I would most likely go like if it's like a three or a two round, you know, over under. I'm going with the under, oh, under. on something like oh, this. Under. Somebody's getting knocked for out for sure, bro. Way. I mean, you look at Ngannou, bro. This guy is a specimen. I mean, he to think that he only started you know doing MMA or UFC training six four two sixty three dog. What was it like seven years ago now or something like that? Eight years ago, this guy like he wasn't like raised in this. He's oh, not like man. a natural born fight. He was just a really big dude, a specimen of a man that. Got into this and was able to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I think it was, you know, to, to leave his country and all that stuff and kind of, uh, you know, the, the dream of coming over here in America and doing it. But to see him doing it at such a high level where he's a champion, you know, and then serial game. Consistently. You know, another right. guy, right? Another completely different trajectory. He's been in the game a long time and doing it. Um, he's been kind of working his way up and. You know, he's finally getting that shot against one of the best in, in his division. When you're 10 and 0 and, you, and you're knocking contenders out left and right, you deserve a shot at somebody who has been knocking fools out. And and Gano is that dude. You know, they gave Gani an interim championship. I don't know if that means much because everybody knows, right, that Ngano is the real champ. Um, so somebody's walking away with the belt, and I feel like Ngano has a lot to. To show out because he had an injury, couldn't really fight for a while. His first fight in, in like over 10 months, something like that. It's going to be interesting how he's able to come back, shake off some of that ring rust against a real dangerous opponent, a real, real dangerous opponent. Um, I'm, 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 I want to pick Ngannou, and I'm going to pick him, right, because I think that he just has that more explosiveness when it comes to putting people to sleep. Again, 6'4", 263. That's a big dude, dog. That's Ooh. a lot of power back there. You know what and I mean? Gano's actually the... He's the favorite, plus 130-something. No. That's from the last time I saw he's, him. He's plus 105. Wouldn't that make him the underdog, though? Minus 125 for Cyril. Oh, yeah, you're right, dog. So he's actually the underdog. That's interesting. That. I'm going to go heads up with you, bro. Let's go with, with, with Gain. I'm going to go heads up with you on that one just to make it interesting just to have so, you know, a dog in the fight here. For sure. Because Ngannou's that dude, bro. But he I mean, is, man. Gain, like you said, he's been covered up. And it, that's what the beauty about the UFC is. You yeah. know? It doesn't matter what you did before. It's about you know what you're going to do this Saturday night. Yes, sir. What and about other cards? Any other cards you're, you're looking forward to? Yep, there's a championship fight in the 125 division. The flyweight? Yeah, man. We got Moreno versus Figueiredo. Figueiredo? Come on, you should be able to get that one. Nah, good, it's though. not as easy. It's not as easy. Come Give on, me a break. son. Come Give on, son. That's your people's. Yeah, those are my people's, but it's not as easy. And uh, this matchup is very interesting as well, man. Two tough, tough guys, right? These little dudes like to bang, bro, when it comes to throwing haymakers and throwing kicks and stuff like that. Uh, I expect this fight to be bloodier than the Ngannou fight. In the Ngannou fight, somebody's going to sleep. In this fight, somebody's going to get their ass whooped, bro, before they get put to sleep. And, you know, Moreno being a, a champion and them having a previous war before, like, I feel like he's just matured a lot more and... He's going to attack this fight in the in the mindset where he's like, let me win rounds early, go for the kill late. Because it's, a, again, a championship round, so a fight, so it's going to go five rounds. I'm just going to put my money on, on Moreno because not only is he the champ, I feel like he has a little bit more heart. And I usually don't go against Brazilians, right? But this dude Moreno really has a lot of guts, and he's not an easy person to beat. And I think he's going to ha- like just get by on that. Would I be surprised if Figueredo beat him? Absolutely not. You know, because both, like I said, both these guys are killers in that 125 flyweight division, bro. He is, I, he is the the favorite, minus 170 to uh, Figueredo's plus 150. Yeah, man. I, I, rightly so, in my opinion. You know, like I said, Moreno's a real tough, tough dude, man. What about the, I'm looking at one of these undercards here, Bantamweight. One, I think it's one of the opening ones for the the prelims. Um, there's a guy named Cody Stamen or Stamen, and he's going up against a guy named Saeed. Nurmagomedov. No, I don't know if that's any relation to uh, Khabib and his camp. No idea. But just the name, it looks very, very similar. It's very associative. We're so. going to have to check it, find out, though. We're going to have to find out. This guy's a minus 200. 
favorite. Sheesh. Yeah, so they're expecting this guy to dominate this Cody Stamen guy. I wish we had Jesse on. Jesse, you know, we tried to get Jesse on, but Jesse was a unavailable. little occupied. Yeah, he was unavailable. But we're gonna try to well, have, we have him Hardy on. on. We're gonna have to. We're gonna try to get Jesse back on next week to yeah. do the recap. But yeah, we got. I saw that too. Greg Hardy's still fighting, fighting in the UFC. He's still this is his last shot, bro. It's crazy how Has we talked be. about it. Has to be. How, but he, again, he's a big dude. There's not a lot of heavyweights that are willing to go out there and fight and yeah. put on entertaining fights. Yeah, that doesn't scare And one thing about him is he's either gonna go in there and knock somebody out or they're gonna knock him out. And I mean, I don't think he's gonna do well this fight. You know, because just his last wasn't three his fights, last fight against Tua Taivasa. Yeah, wasn't and he, the got one he got rocked by and Tua. He got dropped, right? Drop, drop, dropped. And they're talking about Tua um, uh, Taivasa fighting the. He's got a fight scheduled, but if he beats his opponent, he's gonna get a shot at one of the guys who win the belt, Fire. which will be crazy that's in the awesome. summer. That's good for him. He's That'll been be on that great. Team. Yeah, last man. Couple of fights have been crazy, hey, but that's how it goes in the UFC. Yep. You win fights, yep. you're gonna get a shot at the champ. Yep. That's how it goes. Um, you know how it goes over here. How does it go? So you gotta tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. Hey, as we play this outro and write oh, it out. Bam. And we gotta tell these people what the dopest podcast is in Miami. Yeah, right? no man. Sports was so so on all streaming platforms. So baby. YouTube, Spotify, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, all, all that, that good stuff. Hit that follow button, subscribe, like, comment, tell your friends. Absolutely. Make sure you guys drop a comment because we're gonna be dropping some 365 exclusive from this previous playoff weekend and it went down shout out to the empire for winning their championship well i'm sorry i missed it dog it's all good baby let's wrap it up yes sir until next time peace, peace.